self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am west african apparently okay also known as calamity red i guess i'll figure out what that means later uh well i can tell you now because it doesn't have it doesn't have anything to do with the story oh. my younger brother who we have the same mother and father did 23 and me the dna test and he found out his results today and i am 92.8 percent west african and then the other shit is like he was supposed to do uh africanancestry.com he did the one that was on sale <laughs> if you really and i saw the doctor who not the doctor but the pr marketing side of African ancestry. She mm-hmm. just talked about the history of how they came up with it. But they can mark you down to what specific tribe you are a part of, uh, which helps you realize kind of what what might help some of the things, help you understand some of the things about your family. For example, she said that the tribe that she originates from are, were a very business-minded tribe. So her being in business and marketing like kind of connects to her lineage. So those older, the other one, 23andMe, Ancestry.com, all them other ones, they are catching up. They are starting to get those points of history. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one just had, it didn't have the specific. I mean, West Africa is a lot smaller than saying Africa. Um, yeah. But like the specific place in West Africa, I have no idea. Yeah, that's what, uh, but that's just like, if I do one, it's going to have to be one that's re- like because the other ones it's are so still expensive. The other ones are still like Eurocentric. You know what I'm saying? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen people with much higher percentages. I have like, I think it's maybe two percent European. Well, I mean, on the Breakfast Club, they were talking about how if you are a certain percentage Native American, you apply for you can you qualify for grants and some stuff out there. So for some people, it's like, let me see if this gonna help. I'm like point eight percent Native American, so. I doubt that's enough <laughs> to qualify for anything. Mostly just African, West African specifically. Oh, he and my, <laughs> my mom, because like he was so excited to like find out, uh, like what you know more about where we're from. And my mom was like, if he come in here, time I call him this. I ain't I, his. I named him William. That's, I was like, why would you think that he's gonna like go and get an African name and like like why would you think first of all my brother too lazy to do any of this shit like he's not gonna go that in depth that's just not who he is as a person (laughs) and two why would you assume that him wanting to know more about his lineage means that he's just gonna go become like super Afrocentric. I think she's thinking about the wrong group. I think she's thinking about like Nation of Islam. (laughs) Now if he do that then she might have to worry about him coming back as William X or <laughs> Willis Shabazz Jr. or some Ahmad, shit like that. <laughs> Muhammad. Something. Yeah, like yeah. She thinking about the wrong group. She it was very know, funny. I was like, uh, me ain't, ain't you need one. to relax. Like he just is curious about where we're from. So, uh, and because we have the same parents, I don't have to pay for a twenty three of me. I guess I could do African ancestry to find out more specifically, but you know. I, I got to find out without paying. <laughs> I defend blackness as it exists in America, but I really, really, in my core, don't care where I'm from. I don't know if that's good or bad. At some point, I'm going to do it to find out, maybe. 
But like, it's not something that I'm diving into. I mean, the, the, that Breakfast Club interview is the closest I felt to a reason why I should, but I'm not I don't really, really sure care. what my bro- he was really excited about it. Um, I'm not really sure what his reason for one. Uh, we haven't really discussed it in depth. He just called me and was like, "Oh, I got the results," and he forwarded forwarded them to me so that I could see them. But I'm not really sure. I would have to ask him like what. But he he William has always been that way he made a family crest for us because he we didn't we don't obviously i mean i mean he made a family what crest oh we didn't have one um so he he has that's nerd life it is (laughs) he did that because of D &D or something or something he been participating in um he has an interest in like I think, I think because our oh, present, he watched Game of Thrones or something. I think our present family is so fucked up that he just wants to know. <laughs> he want to get to know the past because <laughs> our current folks ain't shit. So, um, but he get to create his own family identity for when he have kids and whatnot, and he can create a whole new little system. I think he just has a, a curiosity as to where we where it started though. So. Started from the bottom, now we're here. If this is here, I think we still close to the bottom. We ain't here. I would say here. We ain't there, but we ain't here. <laughs> I don't know what about the statement. I mean, we know the context of the song, but yes. the statement itself, don't really, here ain't really anywhere. It's not anywhere. Necessarily. No. You know, it could be, guess depending on where you are. But I guess the, I have to say it with a different level of enthusiasm. Well, like, started from the bottom, now we're here. Something well, like that. I feel like um, what are the people that study like uh, parallel universes and those kind of things? They would argue that here isn't. Is you're never really here, astrophysicists. You're never really here or there. I don't know. Anyway, I don't. Whatever. West African. <laughs> they have to make. They have to give me that argument in like Happy Meal size. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know okay whatever yeah. well yeah so that's my why I'm West African this week because apparently I am I get a lot of Nigerian people that you remember that lady name the singer oh yeah I don't remember her name like I had somebody in a restaurant like I had gone into Purple Onion a few times and it, like, she kept telling me that I look exactly like some singer, and I get that a lot from Nigerian people because of my cheekbones. So I thought it was going to be like I was pretty sure because they're from these are people from Nigeria that are like that moved over here. So I feel like shit if they think I look like them, I might. I they thought a famous Nigerian singer was in Purple Onion. Yes, in Alabama, they did. It's kind of like when uh, <laughs> ordering a, 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 a I guess it would have been barbecue like barbecue chicken baked potato. I guess it would have been like in coming to America when he saw dude at the when he saw. Oh yeah, the guy uh, who knew that was him from at the Zamunda. baseball game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but he was on money at that point, so yeah. you can't mistake. It was really funny. Like she, I think she knew I wasn't, but I think the first few times I went in there, she was like. Mm, and so then th- this day she this was just, people that work there yeah oh okay they were workers not yeah so like i had been in there a couple of times and so i think she figured out I, I wasn't the singer but she wanted to let me know eventually that 
and i mean i looked her up there's like one picture from like her profile um that i could see it but i don't think we look alike not enough for her to be like racking her brain like is it her i don't i can't remember her name um but i was flattered you know like oh so if i go to nigeria and get off the plane am i gonna be treated like faint like i'm famous like maybe depends on if she committed some crimes <laughs> i'll be real quick before, i'm american i hear my passport i don't i'm not her <laughs> before hashtag quaaludes niggas that look like bill cosby was in well, they was living good <laughs> I bet they hate looking like Bill Cosby now. Well, I would very quickly be American at that point. Nope. Nope. Here's my passport. I am an American. I don't even know this hoe. <laughs> I just hope, look, I just hope Mark Henry keep his shit together for the oh, rest yeah. of his life. I'm going to let you know right now. Everybody be calling me Mark Henry. I just Until hope. You sh- I, because I don't watch wrestling. Together. I didn't know who he was, but you do look just like him. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't need him to. I don't need him to have no sex tapes out. <laughs> uh, I, I guess unless he's doing a really good job. If it brings him some glory, then I guess that's cool. But I don't need him to beat up on no women. Oh, yeah. I don't need him doing no drugs. <laughs> I don't need him putting no dropping no dollops in women's drinks or whatever. I don't need any of that. Mark Henry, just keep it clean, brother. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> that's funny. I... Yeah, I don't even I don't know if that was the same part because I again I have had multiple Nigerian people be like are you not are you from no nope not Nigerian never been there don't know anything about it but I get that a lot from Nigerian people so mm-hmm. I guess it's worse things to look like yeah <laughs> than Nigerian mm-hmm. so anyway that's that's that yep where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we are still doing the listener later portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can find us on Facebook and send it to us, Conversation Con Artists, or you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail.com. But of course, first, we are going to start with some some poetry. Um... So, <laughs> uh, I was in like a shitty relationship for like a really long time, and during that time, I wrote a lot of like gangsta ass shit. <laughs> so, this is from my gangsta ass period where I thought I was, you know, Foxy Brown. So, Foxy Brown. Yeah. That's the that's the uh, lady gangster you going with? Yeah. Well, that's the lady rapper I'm going with. Like I, I don't like I'm not no Nikki or I'm thinking about Jackie Brown. Oh, you think Foxy Cleopatra Brown. You thinking of like the seventies mm-hmm. um black exploitation. No, not that not that Foxy Brown. She like, the, but she the real G. Foxy, Foxy Brown. That's why I ain't her. <laughs> oh. I ain't her. <laughs> okay. I wasn't a real G. I didn't move in silence like lasagna. I um this was just words <laughs> so i more fit the rapper than the actual gangster okay okay so this one is called why you want to know why you have the audacity to look me in my face sitting there knowing that this is a waste of my time and your time asking me this question that is so asinine because you already know the answer which why would you like to begin with how about why i don't trust you 
Maybe because you've lied so much that not even you know the real truth. Because you insult my intelligence with the stuff that you pull, telling me wild stories of make-believe events that to believe, I would have to be a fool, but then turn around and tell me how smart I am. How about why do I write about you? Maybe because if I didn't, then you'd be dead. You have no idea of these things inside my head. With this pen and this pad, I commit homicide. Shoot out lyrical bullets and know you cannot hide because my aim is perfection. You've been sentenced to death. Here's your lyrical injection. I write about you because it helps me to deal with these emotions that overflow and would eventually spill out and build up and drown me in sorrow. How about why don't I love you? Well, I did once upon a time, but I no longer can. See, I stayed in your corner. I was your biggest fan, but with all of your lies and all the secrets you kept, my love just faded away until there was just nothing left. Now, I wasn't perfect. I would never claim that I was, but I was willing to put in the work to change the me and you to us. But that's all in the past. I just let sleeping dogs lie. Just walk into the bathroom and look in the mirror the next time you want to know why. Well, dang. Snap, snaps. <laughs> that dude messed up. <laughs> He don't want to know why. He <laughs> said, I ain't, I ain't worried about it. Don't, just forget it. <laughs> Never mind. Don't need closure. <laughs> yeah. It's gangsta, okay. gangsta red. I'm back on hopeless romantic. Uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the before all that shit happened. The before like, all of this. <laughs> the way that you looked at him before you you know got with him. Yes. <laughs> and found out what he really was. Yes. This is called What is Love? All right. Love is that intangible thing that makes women swing their hips and makes men sing. It's that untouchable expression of our desires that ignites and inspires emotion. Love is the indestructible force that acts as a barrage of flames, engulfing the source of our hopes and exciting our pains, bursting in the door of our hearts like full-speed monorail trains, leaving nothing but smoke in the path, leaving nothing but hopelessness, wrath. Love is the undeserving blame for our emotional afflictions, making our delusional preconceptions about love matters of fiction. Though the conviction we display when love arises is undeniably existent, love has no reasoning and is completely ins insistent. But love is also that magical present that persuades us to do the impossible, gives us motivation to push the heart until inoperable. And in all honesty, when the sh love is at 100%, that shit is unstoppable. Love is the abstract manifestation of beauty and fascination, wondrous grace and ostentation, the mediator of our lo found and lost relations. Love is one of the reasons we give to show undying affection. And when our soul suffers death, love offers the resurrection. Love is the best infection. Love reminds us that there is joy in the midst of misery, helps us understand how there future in the middle of history love offers a never so gentle touch of mystery love is that force that lives inside it protrudes from our presence blatantly never hides love is pure uncut truth it never lies it gives our soul reason to live and without it we would surely die snap 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 yeah that was cool yeah we, we really wouldn't die without love you know what I'm saying? Feels that way. But you know, in you can the moment, emotionally feel that way. In the moment of writing, you know what I'm saying? I was like, die without this. <laughs> that's just the that's like the depth of it. You know what I'm saying? It is. It you feels will that live way. if you don't have love. Is all I'm saying. Emotionally, it hurts. Mm -hmm. Physically, not so much. Yep, exactly. But you with a woman beater. Anyway, <laughs> we have a few letters. We do have a few. Yeah. Colin. Oh, Colin, I saw that. that Colin sent the letter. I appreciate it too because I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> Colin said, My brother says that all of the rogue allergies this year is the planet's way of fighting back against a rampant humanity. <laughs> Cheers, Colin. <laughs> I feel like Mother Nature out here, like uh, fucking Thanos, 
It's just she didn't close her fist and I didn't make it <laughs> because it is the dead of summer. I should not still be having these allergies like I do. Like right now, my, the whole left side of my face hurt. And I've even broken down and gotten fucking flow days. I don't like sticking stuff up my nose and like spraying things into my nose. I can never do coke. And I've like this just I I gotta try something. So I've been using Flonase. It's still fucking this this allergy shit, man. It's ridiculous. So yes, I feel like maybe this is to clear up some of us humans <laughs> and I didn't make it. So a lot of uh a lot of articles have been coming out <clears throat> as of late in the last few years talking about bee extinction. Yes. But we're gonna be fucked up if the bees go extinct. Well, I know. We don't need I mean, that to happen. Everything that's a part of the natural ecosystem over this m- amount of time that it has been a part of it has to continue. Yes. So GMOs, it, pesticides, all that shit is impacting the natural order. And we're going to be of fucked. the ecosystem. You know. So you ever seen the Lorax? Go no. be the Lorax. You what is that? Lorax? Well, you wouldn't have seen it. It's a it's a Dr. Seuss. Why wouldn't I have not seen it? Eh. It's because I'm black. Because you don't watch kids' movies like that as a kid. Yes, movie. I do. Not stuff like the Lorax. The Lorax is not like a cool, like Incredibles, or it's just a goofy. I just ass. don't like. I've never liked Dr. Seuss. Okay, so you my don't first watch the introduction Lorax. to Dr. Seuss was Green Eggs and Ham. Yes, and I, you know what? That means that those those eggs are bad. All right, and I'm not eating it. Okay, so when I was in kindergarten and we read Green Eggs and Ham, the next day I went to school. We had green eggs and ham. And because I was five, my mind was blown because I didn't know it was just food color. I was like, this bitch got green eggs and ham. I don't know where she got this from, but we got green eggs and ham, son. I was so excited. I ate it. Were I both the ham and eggs green or just the eggs? Both, both were green. <laughs> no. So I guess you wouldn't have eaten it. I've taken food seriously my whole life, okay? <laughs> and... I'm not eating anything green except green Skittles, jelly beans, M&M's, things that are clearly artificially flavored to be green. If it's green outside of its natural purpose, that's a problem. Eggs don't have any business in any context being green. Yes, you can color the eggshells green for Easter. That's one thing. No, she fried eggs and put green food color in them and served us green eggs. Green scrambled eggs and ham. Do you know about Dr. Seuss? What about him? Do you know Dr. Seuss? What did he do? Was abusive to his wife, had a mistress, mistress died, um, wife died, then married the mistress. He might have fed his wife green eggs and ham, which back in those days may just kill you. Prince Charles did the same thing. Well, he didn't kill Diana. But he married his mistress after Diana died. Ain't nobody out here. But he wasn't out here writing children's books. He wasn't. I guess. Yeah, but he still looked at like part of the monarchy. This man's sick, twisted. Green eggs of ham. The way he killed his wife became a children's story. (laughs) So he did not kill. What? (laughs) Don't put that out there. Don't put that out there that Dr. Seuss killed his wife with green eggs. First off, the people that listen to me don't believe me, number one. (laughs) Number two, it ain't enough people listening for this to become a conspiracy about Dr. Seuss. I read Dr. Seuss was an asshole. Green eggs and ham, that ain't how eggs supposed to be. And I ain't hearing it. Lorax. The Lorax. 
was this little furry creature that was in charge of like making sure the trees were okay. That's the elephant looking thing? No, that was Horton. Here's a who. Okay. The Lorax is this little orange fuzzy thing that speaks. I, I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. Basically what happened is human beings throw up doing what humans do, fucking shit up. And they start using overusing the trees and so what they had to do is they built a fucking city with no real grass or trees and there was like a, a bad guy who was like was he charging for air for clean air like you had an air bill to for the filter air that you had to have since they fucked up all the trees so you see the he looked like the, yeah he looked like the uh, the dude from the diabetes commercial <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does look like him. Look at him. He does. <laughs> oh my god! You know what? Can't you hear him saying diabetes? But I think he might be the voice. <laughs> he might be the voice for the Lorax. Now that you said that. Oh my god. He might be the voice for the Lorax. Anyhow, that uh, with the bees, um, it just reminds me of the story of the Lorax and how humans well, we gonna fuck ourselves up eventually, killing off shit that we need. If all the bees die. It's gonna be a problem for humanity. Like it ain't like some of this other shit we didn't put into extinction. No, it's Danny DeVito. Be problem. Danny DeVito was the voice of the Lord. Yes. I couldn't remember. Saw it a long time ago. I, I don't know why, but I have the Lorax on Blu-ray. Oh, I don't Blu-ray. Know if, maybe you you bought the blue you bought the Lorax after Blu-ray technology. <laughs> like this ain't some shit you have for twenty five years, just yes. on DVD. Because the Lorax movie came out during Blu-ray technology time. But I don't... I feel like it came with my DVD. Play. I can't imagine that I would have bought the Lorax movie. I, I, just, <laughs> I don't understand. It's the only movie in my collection that I'm, I'm... I just don't know how I got it. I feel like it came with my DVD player. I don't think I bought the Lorax. Anyway, but you saying that about the bees made me think about the Lorax. But anyhow, yes, Colin, I feel like humanity... All that pollen, all that pollen coming out of the situation, it could be have something to do with the bees. I don't know. I don't even know if that's true, but I've just been seeing articles about that no, outside of this it, dialogue. Because uh, I, you know, I watch a lot of nature videos and shit on YouTube, and it's a it's a real concern. Bee extinction, bee extinction is a a real concern. And you know, they made that movie. What was that movie? A bee movie. No. <laughs> This was a movie about they they had these fake bees. Oh, you talking about episode of Black Mirror? It was an episode of Black Mirror. It wasn't a movie. Yeah. There was an episode of Black Mirror with fake bees. Yeah, that was that was a rough one. That's what would happen. I feel like if bees died, they would make fake bees that would event somebody would eventually hack into and fuck everybody up. Cause he fucked up everything. The way that shit ended, I was like, "Oh no!" They was only after people that had did something crazy, though. By their determination of what crazy is, though, wasn't it? Like they judged and decided who. I can't remember. I haven't watched that episode in a while. I mean, it wasn't good. It wasn't good, but shit. <laughs> uh uh-uh, uh At the very end, his 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 end goal. Then he he killed a lot of. I don't people. remember. He killed a ton of people at the end. I don't remember the end of it. The practice people were bad people, but he he wiped out a whole fucking yeah. So anyhow, thanks, Colin. 
Appreciate you. I'm still dying, but <laughs> these sinuses and allergies, it's summertime. It never goes this long. Like, by summer, it's usually cool. Okay. Not this year. Uh, This is from, what's his name? Leroy, Leroy Ketchum. Ketchum. The title of it is, it's get it. And let me say, I had no fucking idea what that was when I saw this email. That's a little pumpery. That's why I didn't know what it was because I don't listen to that. And on That's point, like a low let IQ me, version of saying, let's get it. Oh boy, let me listen to a little of it at the beginning. How do y'all know what he's saying? Like, all the reason I knew it's get it is because you had just said that everything else he was saying, I I don't, I didn't understand what he was saying. I can't tell you what he's saying not listening to the song, but if we listen to the song, I can tell you what he's saying. I don't like songs where I have to try to listen too intently to understand what the fuck you saying. You're supposed to be speaking English. So it shouldn't matter. Hello, con artists of the conversation. I write this email for a myriad of reasons. One, boredom. Two, the dreaded look on Red's face when an email from me comes through this. Right. Three, Batman versus Superman is on and I'm trying not to fall asleep. So, yeah. here we go. To a view of a few of your previous shows, you don't have to worry about me going back to high school and snatch, snatching ankles from the poor children. I do it every day at work and then mentor them about making good decisions and not messing with the wrong damn one. I don't know who started this ball is life is all Leroy, but you are partially right. Ball is partially life, but I'll give up ball for three things. Sweet pussy Saturdays, in Plot's voice, actual food, and doing hood rat stuff with my friends. In regards to the Regine Carter debate, Rojo, red in Espanol, I believe you're tripping too hard. As the resident female in the group, if you walked in on one of our famous Mr. On Point cookouts, if you walked in and more than two of us got our shirts off, it's probably a good reason and none of us got tattoos. It don't matter. <laughs> I think you and Rock, man, as we continue the debate in the group chat, are stereotyping and judging them kids. Everybody take a group picture throwing up stuff. Nobody had a gang sign. There was nothing wrong except she had a homie nuts all the way gracing her forehead. So I guess <laughs> she had them on the mind. <laughs> I teach my teens every day that perception is a damn reality, especially for us. But we can't just assume niggatry is afoot when niggas is present. <laughs> <laughs> that poetry shit is fire real talk I love it I'm not the most creative guy But one of my favorite haikus Goes a little something like this Haikus are easy But sometimes they don't make sense Refrigerator <laughs> 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 Don't worry Red Because I'm actually proud That someone else in the group of ours Made an effort to watch sports I shan't fuck with you this week It's all love this week As always I have been Leroy Super Saiyan Destroyer of pies Wings and strawberries Lots of many things P.S. Do I have narcissistic personality Personality disorder, LOL, or does the world just not know that I'm great yet? No, Leroy. You're just fucking crazy. You're not narcissistic. You're yeah, you know, you're not narcissistic. Um, you have a lot of redeeming qualities yeah, that challenge the narcissism. Yeah. You know, the fact that you work with kids and actually give a shit about them. Uh, but you is a ball is knife, a ball is life ass nigga. And I could 100% see you go. He's referring to the story we talked about where the guy went back to school and pretended to be a kid <laughs> so that he could play basketball on the school team. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you you wouldn't go back and do that because he also started dating, I think, a 14-year-old. It's one thing to go back to the school to play basketball, but you know you older than why would you date a 14-year-old? That just didn't make any sense. Um, I don't know. What else? Full Ooh. assessment. Full assessment. 
for you, Leroy, from me. You speak very highly of yourself, but not in a way that even triggers a slight bit of no. narcissistic personality disorder. I would ask what at what point in your life did you start doing that? Because it could be overcompensating for a part of your life in which you did not feel like you were worth very much or maybe coming from a family that didn't you know, communicate to you that you were worth very much. So you started communicating to yourself, which turned into an affirmation, which turned into actual confidence, which gives you the confidence that you have today. Yeah, I mean, what that's kind of like, that's kind of like, that's what happened with me with school. Like I flunked out of Auburn university. And because of that, my mind was in a horrible place. Mm -hmm. I was like, but it was, and the, the, the options were between either I'm not good enough for school. Um, and I need to figure it out or I'm going to stay at home the rest of my life. Mm. So between those two, I went back to school Yeah, to determine whether I was made for school. And I told myself every day, I love school. I, I love it. You know, I just kept telling myself. Now, I don't know if I believe that or not at the time, <laughs> but I, that's what I was telling myself like every day in the mirror. But that motivated me and I come to love school and I love school. I love the process. I love everything that have to do with it. You know, so... I think when we get to those versions of when we are an ex, not not necessarily extreme, but when we have a message to ourselves, it's positive self talk. That's all. That yeah, is. It's, positive self talk. Yeah, but, positive, but you know, my interest be where did it where did it where did it originate from? You know what I'm saying? I feel like most people, or you could have been doing this your whole life. I mean, it just could be a part of your personality. I when I met him and and noticed that he does that, I just took it as that's something he he's done to keep his confidence up or maybe he started out doing it to in the same way we, that you did that with school obviously i don't know because we never asked him but it, it was never like a narcissistic thing anytime he said something i wasn't like this old narcissistic ass nigga like it was never that yeah it was if like, you were narcissistic i wouldn't hell no i wouldn't be wanting to talk to you none i wouldn't talk to you anytime i heard that you was over here i'd be like no oh leroy gonna be no I, I, I listen y'all that's how bad narcissistic person like Fuck you that. would know you like you would not like being in the environment with a person that has narcissistic personality and disorder you will know it's never a question i currently have a very narcissistic like textbook all nine characteristics i hate seeing him i guess it'll be like chilling with trump Yes. Like everything they do is amazing, is it's great, fantastic, fantastic. Any wrongdoing that they do is not wrongdoing. Is they they find a way. This nigga <laughs> got a car in somebody's name, didn't pay it. Car got repossessed, but it wasn't his fault. It is your fault. <laughs> like, how yes. could it not be your fault? But in his mind. He doesn't understand how anybody could ever believe that this was something that he did. Like he had this nothing to do with this. It wasn't his fault. Like they are nerve wracking. So if you are a narcissist, you may not know because they don't acknowledge that there's anything wrong with their personality, but you would know by the fact that people stay the fuck away from you. Like narcissists, true narcissists, usually people give them a pretty wide um, give them a lot of space because they don't want to be around him. This particular narcissist that I'm working with, everybody in his life <laughs> didn't jump ship. But yeah, let me add that, you know, of that, of all that stuff I said, I ain't implying that it's something about your 
history that would make that happen but you know from my perspective Mm -hmm. like that's how it happened with me yeah my history is what influenced Mm -hmm. the affirmations that i needed you know to move forward you know what i'm saying so and the positive self-talk that i needed to move forward so i ain't saying that's the case but i'm just saying generally that's how that's how that transition sometimes and the end result that you see a person have come from what where they came from a lot of times mm-hmm and it's not in an obnoxious way like i said narcissists are very annoying obnoxious people where it's like they're just you would know i feel like it's never a question mm-hmm. <laughs> what else did he say he said a whole lot oh as far as sports is concerned yeah i mean i always nba finals time was the only time that i would watch basketball but i would watch it then um and i don't even really know why i stopped watching it uh the reason why i picked it back up is because i'm dating somebody that gives a shit uh, it won that but more importantly <laughs> after um that situation happened with um uh, what's his name thinking that they were ahead and trying to run down the clock um i i just felt like it was gonna be some more fuck shit that happened for the rest of the finals and i i wanted to make sure that i was able to actually see it J.R. Smith. Couldn't think of his name. Um, so yeah, I watch sports. Just not not enough. I don't bring it up because I don't watch it enough for niggas to be making references to all of these games and shit that I don't remember or care about. So I don't ever say anything because when you say that shit to somebody that really is into sports, it starts conversations that I don't want to have. So I never say anything about basketball because I don't know enough to carry on the type of conversation that a nigga that watch a lot of basketball is going to want to have. I don't do, I don't know stats. I don't, I don't give a shit. It's entertainment for me. It's not ball ain't life for me. (laughs) So I know just enough to let a person think that I know something about basketball, (laughs) but I get right back out of it. You know what I'm saying? I know nothing Before about I get to the point where I was like, where I'm like, oh, they did a jumpy, spinny thing between his <laughs> legs. Wow, that was amazing. You know oh, what I'm shit. saying? Like, I know more than that, but like yeah. at, at a certain point in the conversation, that's where my head at. <laughs> Football, I don't watch. I know nothing of the technicalities of it, the calls and shit. I know nothing about football. And living in Alabama, that's always funny to people outside of Alabama because. Alabamians are known for being hardcore Alabama Auburn fans and and doing ignorant shit when it comes to football season. I hate football season because my fucking timeline is full of niggas talking about war eagle this, roll tide that, and I couldn't give less of a fuck. I gave Auburn my money twice, and I still don't give a fuck about their football team or Alabama or any other football team for that matter. I don't give a shit. I had. I bought a, a Alabama and an Auburn sweatshirt because they was on sale. <laughs> and I just wear whichever one is clean at the moment. <laughs> I just stopped wearing them because people be like, Roll Tide, War Eagle. And I'm like, and I don't wear football stuff. So I'm like, hell are you telling me for? <laughs> then I look down and be like, shit, this damn stupid ass shit. And it's like at least five people every time. I have a Auburn debit card. And I think they know I'm a fraud too because they be like, roll tide. And I'll be like, hi, yeah, right back at you. You know what I'm and saying? Some shit like that. Uh huh. Like, <laughs> no, 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 not even that. But they expect you, if you say warrior, they expect you to say warrior. I'll be yeah. like, mm hmm, yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just don't think, I'll be like, he's, this is fraudulent. 
I have an Auburn debit card. Not because I give a fuck about Auburn, because when I went to the bank and to open this account, the banker was talking, and I told him that I had two degrees from Auburn. He was like, "Oh well, I'm gonna get you an Auburn debit card. We'll waive the fee." And I was like, "Okay." So now every time I go to pay for shit, I have to have a conversation with people. Either they're like War Eagle, and I'm like, "Okay," or they're like Roll Tide, and I'm like, "I don't care. I just went to the school. I don't. I just can I? Can you swipe my shit so I can go and get my stuff and go? I don't care." I'll be like, this. "Your car says." Auburn, but your hair says Crimson Tide. <laughs> I'm confused. I don't know which one. My hair is is uh, it is crimson. Um, but it's just so funny living here the way that the, and a lot of these people I feel like ain't never stepped foot on in either of these. Um, ain't never stepped foot on either of these campuses, so they're just so hardcore unnecessarily. So, I don't know. It's always funny though. Appreciate the letter. Yeah, Leroy was Ketchum. there anything else? I feel like there was something else. What? Nah, probably not. I think that was all. If, uh, if it's anything else we missed out on your letter, just let me know. I feel like a lot of it was just giving his just a rundown yeah. of the shows, last shows he listened to. Cole Jackson just sent a message in there. Damn, I went. Basically, he I just I just it took it off my phone, but he agrees with you on Cracker Barrel about what we were talking about last week. I don't understand how you niggas cannot like Cracker Barrel. I don't understand. I never feel like racial tension when I'm in Cracker Barrel eating my baked apples. Like I don't understand. I just don't get it. But he said that he thought he was the only person that felt that way. And now he's glad to know that you also feel like it's just I a racist not, ass place. I would not eat at a place named Negro Bucket that had good biscuits and Cracker baked Barrel apples. is not. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. How do you know? When this place started up, how you know they didn't say, we need a place for us? <laughs> they don't refer to themselves as Cracker. That is derogatory to them. So why would they say Cracker Barrel? That, they wouldn't call themselves that. I don't feel like we started that word. I don't even feel like black people started that word. I don't know. I that. feel like rich white people started it, poor white people. <laughs> That's how everything oh, started. Shit. Just they like redneck. Now, redneck was them. <laughs> Rich white people to poor white people. See, now I feel a need. To go look up the history okay. of that word. Yes. See, listen, I'm going to just add this. Since we're talking about eating, uh, I went to Captain D's the other day. Which I was very surprised about because you just seem like the kind of person that would feel like Captain D's was beneath your palate. What? <laughs> listen, let's not act like my palate is sedity. I grew up eating spam, ma'am. <laughs> no. My taste buds lie on a range of enjoyment factors. I don't think okay? that's a Just like I wouldn't like caviar <laughs> as, as that high range of, of palate. I like Captain D's. Every now and then, I want to take heart attack chances. Did you know that it's also used in a neutral or positive context? Or self-descriptively with pride in reference to a native of Florida and Georgia. So there's a such thing as a Florida cracker and a Georgia cracker that is like a good thing. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> I went to Captain D's and a country song was playing named Dixieland Delight. That already sounds like some shit that you don't need to just 
If I heard that, I would be afraid I'm about to get hung. <laughs> the lines go something like this. I want some loving. We just going to do a little turtle dubbing. What? On the Mason-Dixon line. Oh, that, I was like, I need to get out of here because I'm tired of hearing it. And then when you look up Dixie, uh, Dixieland Delight on Urban Dictionary, it says that it means having a reach around from a family member. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I guess it makes sense with the, the, the tone of the song. That? Cousins make some dozens. You find out where crackers, crackers come from? It is from white people, but the derogatory ver- version of it was from like other people that were not white crackers was refer used to refer to slave masters who used whips so what you're saying is <laughs> black people called these specific people that used to whip them crackers no they called each other crackers who? the white folks the, oh, the, the white people slave called, masters I'm that, just saying yeah. so once that language of that position yes. came down to the black people they called the person who whipped them crackers, crackers. Yeah. So we don't understand why it might be frowned upon as a term towards the, towards the person that that did that. What you mean? If you in a, if you finna have a meet with the cracker, that's bad. <laughs> is what I'm saying. It is, but cracker, <laughs> you about to get whipped. Cracker Barrel is not that version of cracker. Well, how do we know that this wasn't the ones that handled the whips? Maybe oh that when God. this place first started. If all of the the slave owners that used the whip, this where they met at. It wasn't even meant to be derogatory. It was just Cracker Barrel. It was just where everybody who do the good whippings meet up to have breakfast. <laughs> hey, hey, Jimmy, how many how many backs you got to crack today? <laughs> Shit, twelve. These colors ain't gonna get it. They ain't gonna get the rules, but they gonna get this whip. I hate you. That it's is just not. Why would they name found, it that? Cracker Barrel was founded by Dan Evans Evans in 1969. Its first store was in Lebanon, Tennessee. Um, I don't know why. It didn't say why. Don't say why he named it Cracker Barrel. No. He probably dead now. I'm sure he is. Oh, uh, yeah. It doesn't say why he named it that. I'm just saying, when you look at all of the it things. It was in 69, But though. I'm just saying, it when you like look. It, was, it wasn't even. I'm just saying, <laughs> no if, it was, if it was a place called Cracker Barrel that had an arcade in it, it'll be different. <laughs> but this is a place called Cracker Barrel with wooden rocking chairs at the front made out of wood. The whole place at least looked like it it's made out of wood. And it got slave owners in it on the pictures. I'm just saying, when you put all of this stuff together. It starts to create some kind it's of image. It's supposed to be an old country store. That's what old country stores look like. Who didn't they serve? <laughs> look, if you ought to do that, any place that we go, our black ass is going to now with the serve that's at a certain point in history, regardless of the name. So it ain't just Cracker Barrel, depending on where you go, how far back. That's why time travel, I will go ahead. The fuck I'm going to go back I feel like for. old Cracker Barrels was like the place that... uh. In life. In life, yep. <laughs> nigga pies. How much does it take to turn them white on the pies into nigga pies? 
How about I turn you into nigga pie? That's what I feel. That's old Cracker Barrel. That's what I feel like. I don't know why. Cracker Barrel is delicious. I don't know why you and Cole feel that way, but whatever. Listen, I'm not saying they don't have good stuff. He said he don't. He went one time and says he don't like the food. You cannot go to a chain restaurant one time and decide that you don't like the food because I you ain't gonna sit up here and act like food from restaurant to restaurant does not differ. There are restaurants like certain locations that I don't go to because it's ass, but I can go to a different location, same restaurant, and the food is good because of the people that work there. So you going to one Cracker Barrel one time in your entire life? You I don't listen at you. I'm not gonna listen, listen. to you. Your opinion of the food. I go to restaurants for an experience, okay? <laughs> I don't care if a Klansman got the best fried tomatoes out here. I ain't going I to get them. I didn't go to a fucking Klansman. I'm just saying. <laughs> I felt a certain way when I was in there. I don't know why. I've never, and we go every year. Like, that's part of my family's tradition. We don't feel no kind of way we go in the Cracker Barrel in Huntsville, Alabama. Madison, Madison, Alabama. One of them. I don't know which one the Cracker Barrel we go to is actually in. They're both right there together, so same thing. We don't ever feel. I go to Cracker Barrel every now and then. It don't change <laughs> how I feel about where I am. Y'all are crazy. That's all I have to say about that. Um, that is going to be it for the letters this week. If you have a question, or if you just want to comment on on past shows, if you had, you know, you were listening to us and something touched your spirit or pissed you off, send us a message. <laughs> either on our um, Facebook page Conversation Con Artist or you can send us an email through our uh, Gmail account which is Conversation Con Artist at gmail.com okay so everything is love Beyonce and Jay-Z have like they you know you can say what you want to about Beyonce specifically Jay yeah but Beyonce specifically Beyonce has reached a point in her career where she can literally drop a fucking album on a Saturday with no promotion and niggas get hype as fuck and be so excited and and gonna break their necks to go get it. No promotion whatsoever. No listening parties. None of that shit. Don't do none of that shit because she don't have to. Her and Jay-Z dropped a joint uh, collaboration called Everything is Love. I'm assuming that this will now be featured on their tour. They uh, announced it on the London at their London show. Um, And it is an album that they are doing under the name, the Carters. And it is, it's a little bit of a change for Beyonce. Not so much for Jay, but she rapping and shit. They got ape shit is the song that y'all gonna probably hear. If you don't have title, and you don't plan to do what I did, which is use one of my other email addresses to get that 30-day free trial, then Ape Shit is going to probably be the only song that you're going to hear right now because that's the radio single. That's not the only way to listen. <laughs> Just want to let you know. I'm not. If you want to support the artist, you do what Red Say do. If you want to listen to the music, they rich. Yeah, they rich. rich. Yes, they are. Do they need my streams, really? Well, or so, am I expected to give them my streams because of some sense of morality I'm supposed to have? Well, in one of the songs, I want to say it was Boss. Beyonce was like, if I cared about streams, I would have put Lemonade on Spotify. <laughs> she said that shit. So, no. so she clearly said that. <laughs> 
Yes. Wait a minute. If she cared about streams, she would have put it on Spotify. Yeah, because they would have got more streams instead of leak. Because you can't type. Lemonade does not stream anywhere but on title. The reason why I, I can listen to Lemonade because I bought it. If so you she don't, don't care it, about streams, but her album was inflated in streams though. Like they, they were showing that her, her and another artist showed that they were streaming on title more than they actually were. I think oh. maybe Kanye. That was a oh, new okay. story that came out. Like, I see that. But yeah, that's because. Yeah, because her music now is not available unless you buy it to stream anywhere but on title. So she said if she cared about streams, she'd have put it on Spotify. So she don't care about streams. So Thanks, yeah. Beyonce. I appreciate it. <laughs> you just not saying it. that I legally uh, downloaded your album and have listened to the first three tracks. <laughs> I know that's oddly specific, but I'm not saying that I did that. <laughs> It is a little bit of a departure uh, from what Beyonce is used to doing. She's doing a whole lot more rapping, a whole lot more not Beyonce type attitude on this uh, on this album. Uh, I I've listened to the entire thing. Uh, I think it's one of them albums that I'm gonna have to listen to a couple more times before, it, like I am a fan of it. I do like Ape Shit. I'm impressed. And again, this just goes back to even if you don't like Beyonce, you cannot knock her fucking hustle. She can drop albums without promotion, without listening parties, without all of that shit, and they do well. She also somehow was able to get the lube. Have you seen the music video for Ape Shit? Some of it. They shot that shit in the Louvre. I don't even know what that is. It is a very, very nice museum in Paris, France. Now, they probably did it at night when the museum was closed, but the Louvre has the original Mona Lisa. It's got, like, the nice fucking paintings and the shit is in the Louvre. They got money. It don't even matter about money because I feel like if 21 Savage contacted the Louvre about doing a fucking video, even if he had the money, I feel like her name and her money got her that. I don't think they would just let any... Because the thing about it is, money don't mean shit. If somebody coming in and accidentally fuck up the Mona Lisa, you can't go buy a new Mona Lisa. Like, that shit is priceless. It's, a, it's, it's art that you can't get back. So, them letting her be in there around this art and shit, or just not her, her crew... She had, I don't know how many, the dancers were beautiful, beautiful array of black women of different colors in that video. But just, that's impressive. Listen, <laughs> I feel like it's disrespectful that you use 21 Savage as an example. <laughs> because we know he don't make they toilet paper money, okay? What? I feel like Who they got a whole room money? full of toiletries that is worth more than what 21 Savage make. Who okay? made they type of money, though? Who could I have That's said? That's what I'm saying. I, what I'm saying is, <laughs> if you can afford, like Oprah, Beyonce, yeah. like it's the only people that could afford it are people that they would let in it. Oh, true. Okay. I think <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> true. Yeah, because like Migos, like I just cannot see some of these other like popular artists right now contacting whoever you fucking contact to do some shit at the Louvre even if it's I had, again it obviously was when it was closed but still <laughs> they did this shit at the Louvre and did nobody know about it that's another thing she do whole albums whole videos for the every song on the album don't nobody know nothing or don't nobody leak shit don't nobody say shit like until the shit come out she's able to keep it hushed that's because Beyonce got assassins on the payroll. <laughs> you don't make the kind of money 
Jay-Z and Beyonce make and you don't have assassins on your payroll. She might even be able to find some actual ninjas, like the uh, ninja assassin ninjas, where they like invisible. Yeah. They just whisper the whole time and then they come out of nowhere and be in your ass before you even knew. You just hear something like, deceit, and then you get your ass chopped up by a, a sword. Something she got something because she got assassins. These last albums of her, especially when she started doing the uh, what are they? I forgot what they're called. The visual albums where she does a video for every song. She has been able to again not only record this music, have features, but also record music videos, and nobody don't know shit. And some of the videos are at very the Louvre. One of the songs uh, on Lemonade, one of the videos was at one of the uh, huge football stadium. I can't remember which one. Where the, no, where the Super Bowl was going to be. She records shit and, and she can make sure don't nobody say a motherfucking thing. Don't nobody leak shit ever. Like there was a lot of speculation that there was going to be uh, an album since they went back on tour. But then they, they started the tour and it looked like she was just doing different, you know, new routines with the same music. And I was like, hey, yes, that's just so fucked up for people who went to the on the, the first one. And now you got the segue. I don't even got no new goddamn music. Nobody knew. And then on a random, the Saturday before Father's Day, just a random fucking Saturday, they was like, all right. Everything uh, is love. Boom. I feel like Beyonce got so much money that she, she take the Donald Trump route. She have everybody sign a non-disclosure agreement, <laughs> but it's more extreme. It's like the non-disclosure agreement start off with last night you were implanted with an explosive device <laughs> in your bloodstream that will explode anytime you divulge any information about our whereabouts, our actions, and any any videos of music related endeavors that we are taking. And they don't have a choice. They sign it and it will deactivate upon the release of the album and or video that we are talking about you can't do nothing about it beyonce got that kind of money it's something because it's just very impressive that they're and she's been able to do this multiple times like it's just impressive that she's been able to do this and and you never hear shit about it like they apparently at the show have been kept having everything is love like on the background but of course it's because you know it's this this married couple doing a show everybody had been assuming that it was just like oh we good now everything is love la 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 and it was actually the name of a fucking album that they knew they was about to just drop this is impressive to me like i said you cannot like her but you cannot deny i want to know <laughs> what i'm trying to figure out is how intentional it was to wait for kanye to release every album that he produced he released Daytona. He released the Kid Cudi album. And, uh, he released his album, and then he released Nas. Yeah. And Nas just came out Friday. <laughs> Nas just came out Friday at midnight. So yeah. at, right after Nas came out, they was like, "Let's let's shut down Kanye real quick." <laughs> Blue, press the button, <laughs> upload it that day. Like wow. And that's what I was. Who was I talking to? I can't remember who I was talking to. And I said that. I was like, Kanye is somewhere pissed the fuck off because this is going to be talked about for the next few weeks. Like, this is going to get so much press and they're gonna it's going to get so much more attention, I feel like, than any of the projects that he was just a part of. Well, and he loves the attention. You know. Well, the problem is... 
Kanye, I don't know. Kanye said seven songs is the golden number. I, I I feel like it's potential for him to have run out of time on what he was trying to do. And he just shortened all of these albums to get done with they it. They only did two songs. Two more songs than him. They got nine on their album. But what I'm saying is, I mean, he did a lot in a little he yeah. did a lot in a little bit of time. And I mean, I have not um uh, AC Blow, which y'all know from the show, uh, from previous shows, is a huge Nas fan and he wasn't he said that he felt like Nas album was all right. He he said he didn't know if it was that his expectation was so great for the album, but he wasn't he didn't seem very impressed with it. Well listen, if you if you love Nas Try not to take offense to my next statement. Because <laughs> oh, shit. I be trying to listen to Nas, but Nas sounds like the rap version of the kid you didn't want to read in your class. <laughs> oh His my God. pauses are just like really awkward to me. Like where he pauses at, I mean, he can rhyme. Nigga. He definitely can put together a story. Uh, he could definitely have a theme. But the way that he say his words and pause where he pause at, I'd be like, this don't, I'm not hearing this the way that I like to hear things. Like, that's what I was thinking when I was listening to it. I was like, he rapping like the dude I don't want to damn talk. That's so funny. Or read in class. You know that dude that just be saying words? This story is the fastest way to like his stuff <laughs> like it's just his pauses be weird it oh you're gonna make so many nice fans i'm just upset. saying if you listen to the like i'm not taking away his ability to rhyme i'm not taking <laughs> taking away the the value in his classics i'm not i mean he got some songs that ain't like that it's gonna be so most of this album upset. seems to be like that the way that i was hearing it you've triggered a lot of people <laughs> one of my favorite songs Nas ever did which i don't get I, now I, I used to get my ass beat for listening to rap so i didn't get into like rap for until late in the game but mm -hmm. rewind is one of the songs that i like he basically started from the end of a story and wrapped and wrapped all the way to the very beginning and the song ended with, with like that concept the way he rhymed it the way he flowed in it was amazing to me but I just, I mean, I'm not hearing it like I used to. Maybe my ears is different, but that's how that's how I was listening to the album. I was that's like, funny. this is like, there's nothing about this that make me want to hear this a second time. There, there are some points in that in the um, everything is love that, like you hear it and be like, oh shit, like like Beyonce saying, if I cared about streams, I would have put Lemonade on Spotify. Um, jay-z said something and they got a song called friends and jay-z said if me and my wife i don't care about nothing i don't care about nothing that you throwing if me and my wife is beefing the house could be on fire and i'm not gonna leave and i think that was a a, a shot at kanye because so apparently when kanye married kim that was the time where Beyonce and Jay-Z's marriage was re that's when shit real was getting real real and it wasn't going well and so that's why part of the reason why they didn't go to the wedding and Kanye has said in, in previous rants that he was upset about that so I felt like that was directed at Kanye like me and my wife be I don't care what you got going on I ain't coming um there's a there's a couple of points like Beyonce said something about um I think love happy is the last song on the album and he was talking about you know her having her diamond ring and she was like yeah you fucked the first stone up so we had to get a we had to get remarried because you know they just renewed their vows so i guess he had to get her a new ring because the old ring was tied to his infidelity uh, there's just points in each song that stood out that i'll be like oh shit like 
they would say some shit that would stand out to me. Um, I mean, it's an okay album. I'm not. Again, I think it's something. Once I listen to it a few more times, it's probably gonna be something that I love. But right now, I'm just like, eh. There's a couple of songs I like. Ape shit, and there's a couple of other songs that I like. But I'm like, eh. I don't know. But again. I will forever be impressed at her ability to drop shit and not have to promote it. Like, to reach a point in your career where you ain't got to say a motherfucking thing. You just drop it. <laughs> I don't need to promote shit. <laughs> just give it to the people and they're going to love it. That's amazing. It's not many artists that can do that. Okay. Kamaya Mobley. Name sound familiar? Kind of. This is the girl who was kidnapped. Uh, by okay. that lady So yeah. if y'all don't know the story We didn't talk about it before But we talked about it on the episode Where we talked about Ayana Save Your Life Or where they came into the show But Fix basically my life What did I say? Save my life? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about R. Kelly And, and the message he had for his lawyers that time uh, they, You saved me That was to you his lawyers You saved me yeah. No, Ayana fix my if life If only Bill Cosby had some lawyers that could save him Anyway uh, Kamaya Mobley got kidnapped When she was an infant By mm-hmm. this lady for 17 years, 18 mm-hmm. years, and then she was discovered. Yeah. And so... And given back to her parents. And given back to her parents, her biological parents. Yes. And what what is new about this situation is that the biological mom is saying that she's not currently speaking with her daughter because she shouldn't have to ki- uh, compete with a kidnapper. So what's been happening is... Ever since the mom has been in jail and going through what she's been going through. The kidnapped mom. Yeah, the kidnapped yeah. mom. The daughter, Kamaya, has been calling her, keeping in contact with her, calling her mom, and her biological mama is just not happy about that. Well, so two things. I can understand why the biological mom is not happy, but I don't. So did they do no prep work with this family? Like to, to let the, this child, all she has known is this person that kidnapped her. And the crime that the lady committed was kidnapping her. But Kamaya wasn't mistreated while she was with this lady. Correct? No, no, she wasn't. So for her, for all intents and purposes, that lady is her mom. This just, you're not, it'd be one thing if, if, if it had been like a horrible experience, she treated her like her daughter. She she knows her as her mother. So I think bio mom would have been, be, you know, somebody should have worked with them. I so mean, that she could have, bio mom gonna have to, that ain't, you mm-hmm. never gonna, your relationship with your daughter is not gonna be how it would have been had she never been kidnapped. That is not gonna ever be a reality for The y'all. way that, this developed is the they found the kidnapper who committed a crime they knew who the original family was there would be no reason for them to leave that child with that criminal mother at this point and there would be no reason to send this child to foster care so i imagine they took this kid out of a home that she thought was her like imagine how much that kid's life got fucked up because she didn't even know that shit had happened to her far as she knew this was her mother her life was normal and regular, and she was good. That's what I'm saying. Even in them deciding to, I'm not saying they shouldn't have took her from the kidnapper, but some prep work should have been done with that. Because your relationship with her is never, you're never gonna. That's not gonna be your daughter the way that you want her to be. That's just not realistic. The biological's mom not being able to understand 
the bond that this child has with a woman that's raised her for 17 years i just feel like somebody should be working with them on that she's never going to understand i mean you're that that girl is never going to look at her biological mother as her mother she just ain't it's 17 years in like you that ain't how that works that don't mean that they can't have a relationship but if biological mom ain't gonna be able to to change her perception of this situation she ain't gonna have no relationship with her daughter at all because you looking at it like you don't want to compete with a kidnapper but what you're not realizing is you're not competing with a kidnapper you're competing with what she deems to be a mother figure it don't matter that she kidnapped her she didn't mistreat her she she got up from the time she was an infant like and that's where like that's what my thoughts at with the situation it's like i'm not i don't like how mom is responding but i think it's a bigger diagnosis of how we understand mental health in the black community i mean we don't like take any of us right now at the age that we're at and you imagine you growing up with your mama at 17 mm-hmm. and then somebody found come out and tell that it you ain't know mama. your mama kidnapped you and she finna go to jail and you finna go live with these people you ain't never seen before never met yep you know who might have a fuck might have fucked up lives i mean seeing her daddy on you know ayana uh fix my life mm-hmm. he they might not have it together I mean, what is their financial situation? What if they took her out of a home that was a fi- re- relatively financially stable because yep. she was a nurse to a home that ain't and they yep. smoke weed every day? Yep. You know, like I, it's so many things to consider. And I think that this mom is just looking at her psychological feelings about wanting to this be my daughter. She should, she should treat me like her mother because I am her mother. You are her biological mother. You don't even know this child. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what her experiences have been for the last 17 years. Obviously, her experiences were positive with this woman. You know, because, yes, for you, her taking your child negatively impacts you. For your daughter, she was not negatively impacted until the police came and snatched her away from the life she knew. So the the level or, or the point at which a trauma happened is not the same mom is looking at we both got traumatized the day you got taken from me the daughter didn't get traumatized that day she got traumatized at 17 when the only mother that she has known got sent off to jail and she got sent with these people that she she's being told is her actual family her traumatized her traumatization just happened didn't happen when she was taken from me. i think the problematic part with that and the harsh realization that biological mom has to have is that you're not going to be able to mother this girl you're not going to be able to be her mother the best you can do is be a friend that gives some good advice some motherly type input and hopefully you can grow a bond with her from that perspective but it will never be as deep as the bond that she has with that other lady unfortunately and forcing it by not talking to her or acting childlike yourself is going to have a complete opposite effect all you doing is showing her that she right and not fucking with y'all and continuing to talk to her the mom that she knows like y'all crazy that's all you're doing is reinforcing her idea that this is y'all ain't my real family and this is an isolated situation that don't really happen a lot but what does happen a lot is a lot of fathers are not in their children's lives you cannot come back into a child's life and just 
be a father or be a mama. Like that, it ain't gonna work like that. Mm -mm. You know that child has to trust you before they believe you have their best interest at heart as a parent mm -hmm. because you haven't had an opportunity to show them that over time and this is what she's experiencing this is what a lot of fathers experience if you come into your child's life and you never there or or you try to come in there and be all patriarchal and this i'm your daddy this is what you need to do they're not gonna listen to you if you haven't built enough trust up with them so sometimes you got to sideline that parenting shit in order to build a trusting relationship with your child so that you can be a parent you got to open up the, the you have to allow that child to open up the gateway for you to be their parent if you try to be their parent with that gateway closed then you're not going to get the results that you hope to have and i hope this mama finds some kind of peace or retribution or something for that i hope that they figure out some kind of way i hope that bullshit ass fraudulent ass ayana fix my life didn't give them such a negative bad perception of counseling that they'll never go back because it ain't counseling no she's not a counselor she is not a therapist Ugh. so the strategies that they implement are not bound by ethics that counselors have you know so i really hope that didn't give them a bad enough experience that they don't want to go back and do it because they need it looking at at this stuff that keep coming up and mama probably need it by herself too yeah uh, if she don't have it like and they legitimately like i just don't see why nobody would have rallied around this situation like i wonder if they could i wonder when something like this happened if you can sue the hospital and get like get paid you know if your baby come up missing like i just wonder if they ever got some kind of financial you know recompense from that or if they didn't i wonder if uh i mean i, I would just assume that the community or the people who help would have come up with a fund to help them get like some counseling or something like that. Mm -hmm. it, that would have been helpful for that whole situation. Not wait until they get an opportunity to be on a damn TV show so they can be marketed and branded for somebody else's game and they leave with no more closer to help than they did and probably more damn trauma yep. and a negative perception of counseling. So I hope they get some help and whatnot. Indeed. Are you going to talk about T.I.? Yes. Okay. So, a lesbian couple called an Uber. And while they were in the back of the Uber, they, because they are a couple, kissed. kissed. The Uber driver pulled over and basically told them, get the fuck out. <laughs> and they were like, what? He was like, you can't do that. It's disrespectful. Then he eventually said, told them that it was illegal. Um, and you can't do this in the car you aren't allowed to do this yeah yeah they are people can kiss in your uber you shouldn't be an uber driver if you're gonna be this specific about who the fuck it is that gets in your car a lot of people were saying that oh it wasn't um it wasn't discrimination or he has a right to decide who no if you're doing a service like tax basically uber is the taxi service you don't get to like say you don't like the look of somebody or you don't like this thing about them and that they can't ride in your fucking car. You don't need to be an Uber driver then, sir. I mean, and the reality is you can do those things, but you can't do them out loud. <laughs> you have to do them quietly. Taxis do them quietly all the time. They Taxis do. don't yell out the window, I ain't picking your black ass up. They just <laughs> ride by you to the white person. So... If you see two women together, they could be friends, but if you would potentially have a problem with two women that are not friends, they are more than friends, kissing in your back seat, you should probably just ride by them to the next person. 
like they were slobbing each other down. She said that she just leaned over and gave her like a quick little peck. I guess you don't really have an option with Uber. You just got to show up and pick somebody up and you yeah. don't know what you're getting until you get there. So you don't even get to go pick somebody else. You go, you drove there for that specific person. He could put a sign in his car that says no lesbian <laughs> in the car. <laughs> uh, I don't think Uber would allow him to drive. I'm pretty sure. I hope that goes against their terms of of service <laughs> i don't think he'd be able to do that shit um but i just thought that was so fucking ridiculous because and for the people the religious people that are that are caping for him and saying that oh blah 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 i want you to say that same shit if somebody pull up and, and they see your black ass standing out there and decide that they don't want you in their car i hope you feel the same way and honor they and, and respect their decision to not have you in their car because of how they feel about black people if you're gonna say how he feels about lesbians and what the bible says about lesbians means that he should have been able to let them not get in his car and not have to drive them around then something that does impact you that does have something to do with who you are as a person if somebody pull up and deny you a ride you need to feel that same exact fucking way and don't get upset about it because that's some bullshit are you sir we paying you to drive us to a location put your foot on the gas and just do that shit the fuck like you know how much bullshit i'm sure like taxi drivers been seen in the back of their cabs one of the reasons why i would not want to do like uber and shit is because i my luck i would get some drunk ass frat boy who would throw up in the back of my fucking car i, I don't want to deal with that type shit so i don't drive for uber but if you're gonna drive for uber you have to recognize that you don't know who you're going to pick up or what kind of person it's gonna be you don't get to just sit up here and kick somebody out and you didn't already start driving them and gonna put about <laughs> on the side of the road <laughs> fucking allergies it's ridiculous it's just simply ridiculous i mean everybody <laughs> i mean you know i don't i'm trying not to be there has uh, our society has the bar the horrible parts of our society has been emboldened by trump yes uh let me not say by trump um he's definitely the catalyst i i really feel like they're mostly emboldened by his enablers because trump trump ain't nothing but a trump ain't nothing but a fucking dog that caught up with the car <laughs> That's it. You run like hell behind that car while it's moving, but when you get it, what the hell you doing with it? That's Trump. That's so funny. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think that's it's too big for him. But the dangerous part of his enablers, the dangerous part is Congress. The dangerous part is all of these people who support him through that shit. Because if if they call his ass out every time some bullshit went down, these people out here running for these wild ass from these wild ass positions you had a a pedophile in virginia you had a, a nazi somewhere else you had another dude in new jersey doing something like all these dudes popping up because they see that they can be supported from this platform you know so so that's a a big problem in that way it's trickled down to like the common average american and how they communicate and you know as far as like the dialogue as it pertains to like snowflakes and people being all sensitive these days 
I'm starting to see how far some of this dialogue goes as it pertains to you know how we communicate with people and what not to say about people. I can see how conservatives and the right and Republicans can look at some dialogue and say, you know, us not being able to say this is going too far. But I really think a bulk of it is we just really kind of want to say what we want to say. And we want to not be held accountable for what we say. Because we've never, over the course of history, been accountable for what we said. We could say all kind of derogatory names, call people all kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I think that in, in this case... It's just trickling down to the to the to the lowest rung of society, and it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Sad. So Ti posted uh, something on Instagram. Apparently, him and Tiny keep going back and forth between "Yay, we good in a relationship," and "Oh no, it's fucked up." That they keep going back and forth in that, and he made a post that says, "Why men don't marry?" Now, let me say what he said about it first. Just found some info out there from such and such, the, the name. I thought I'd share. And mind you, I didn't write this. A woman did. But I do agree to a degree. I've heard and seen this a million times over. Note to women, happiness needs no validation. The ego does. Most women out there nowadays just want to be married and impress their friends, family, his side pieces, and fit into society standards. That's not love. That's how you end up stuck with someone you thought you wanted. No matter what, whatever you do, do the right thing to make you happy. The end. What it says in this picture is... Why men don't marry? Number two, apparently she's writing a list. Because there's nothing in it for them. What exactly does marriage offer men today? Men know there's a good chance they'll lose their friends, their respect, their space, their sex life, their money. And if it all goes wrong, their family, says Helen Smith, Ph.D., author of Men on Strike. They don't want to enter into a legal contract with someone who can effectively take half their savings, pension, and property when the honeymoon period is over. Men aren't wimping out by staying unmarried or being commitment folks. They're being smart. Unlike women, men lose all power after they say I do, their masculinity dies too. This, these pick me ass bitches get on my nerves. That, first off, first off, T.I. just did the equivalent of when white people say, um, I got a black friend by saying, I didn't write this, a woman did. <laughs> so he basically tried to validate a perspective that he favors because the person writing it is connected to. Uh, who he's talking about and let me just say as a woman it's some dumb bitches out here so i don't you telling me that a woman wrote something does not automatically make it law i don't give a fuck it's it's stupid people on both sides of the fence so i don't care that a woman wrote this she just is a pick me type bitch that's all i uh, try to look at ti when i think ti is smarter and and intelligent (laughs) like ti really can just he can just verbalize shit very well he can he could but his thoughts sometimes are so yes. like immature. Like, how are you going to diagnose marriage <laughs> in general as the issue when yours ain't when yours fucked up? Like, wh- how in your mind do you conceptualize that? Now, that that's just ti part of the shit. But the content, the woman who wrote it, I just don't understand. We talked about this shit. The the mock, the mick toes and yep. the true force. Like, this is their way of thinking. And this that woman is a pick me, the ones that want to pick me, pick me, hey, pick, pick me, me, pick hey, me. I'm not they like just, these other bitches. Yeah, they just saying what it will take for a man to want them to be chosen. Yep. And I just 
look, and, and maybe it's a matter. I guess it's a matter of opinion, considering that dumbass folks believe it. But none of this is true to me. None of it is true to me. How how is a how does a man lose their friends? How do man? I mean, how do they lose their respect, their space, their sex life, their money? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a it's a man's problem if he want more sex than one person can give out. Yep. You know that's his problem. But I just don't understand how how that makes sense. How does a man's masculinity die? The same version of me that you have right now. I am certainly convinced will be the same <laughs> version that you have of me. If you get married. If I get married. Yeah. And, and and the reason is because I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. And I communicate to a person or at least plan to at that point what I expect out of a marriage. Yep. I don't expect, I'm not losing my friends. If it's somebody in my life that I call my friend, whether male or female, they gonna they gonna maintain and continue to be my friends, unless it's somebody that I've had sexual interaction with, in which we'll have to have a dialogue about how to deal with those people in our lives. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't know how I would lose my respect. You know what I'm saying. And and I, and at the end of the day, I just don't think people as a whole put enough focus on the filtering system by which you choose somebody yep that's if, the part that you need to be focused on marriage in and of itself is not the problem who you choose to marry makes a big ass difference though and if you are gonna be out here that's gonna marry somebody who is gonna impact those areas of your life you're the stupid fool like you need to be doing the things that you need to do to make sure that you marry somebody who's gonna accept you as you are and so you don't lose your friends and you ain't whatever all of that shit like that is on a case-by-case -case basis like that's not an automatic shit that happened when people get married that's not how that works mind you all of these thoughts that ti agreeing with is a 15-year compilation of how their relationship have gone on and off and i just hate that he put out there this idea that marriage itself is the issue. Like if you get married day one, this shit is immediately going to happen. Clearly. Listen, y'all, I, I, I get the gist of kind of what I was just saying, but I'm going to tell you right now that red. And I know y'all been hearing her sneeze like shit. She just sneezed and like fell out the chair and knocked the mic over. And I'm like, what the heck? What's happening? I caught she a cramp in my leg. It hurt so bad. I sneezed and I guess I like seized my muscle in my thigh up and, it, and, <laughs> and I was trying to get it together because I didn't want you to get distracted. And I'm confused because she she kind of leaning over in the chair, the microphone on the floor, and she laughing. I'm like, I have no idea what is happening. Because I was moment. laughing because it was so fucking ridiculous. Like a sneeze caused me to catch a cramp and then I'm spread out. You on need the to floor. sit on the couch instead of the chair. I, don't, I need to stop sneezing. I need these my allergies to stop fucking with me. That's what I need. Sorry. <laughs> okay, macro goals. That shit ain't gonna happen in the next twenty minutes. I imagine. I I don't feel like I have to sneeze anymore. I don't. It that's never happened. <laughs> the reason I was laughing is just the the stupidity of it all. Like I'm stretched out, stupid on the couch with okay. the thing down. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. You could have gave me a warning or something. I. It just. It just. <laughs> It just hit and I 
I was trying to get it to stop. You know, you catch a crank, you had to get mm-hmm. up and move it. Yep, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have no warning. It just happened when I sneezed. <laughs> okay. So, this is a compilation of 15 years of marriage. Uh, clearly, in a bad marriage, mm-hmm. in a bad compilation of however long you were a person, you can lose your friends. You can lose your respect. You can lose your sex life. And you can lose your money. Mm-hmm. The the quest should be to find a person that you can either build with and lose as much as you each lose together. Have a person that you choose that you just stay on the up and up with for your whole time, meaning that you don't fuck up and she don't fuck up or neither one of y'all mess up to the degree that the relationship have to end or you sign a prenup. Tell me the options, you know, but I just don't let T.I. out here tell y'all that marriage is the problem when, you know, he got side women out here going to jail for extended periods of time with his family. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Always getting in trouble. Like, don't let his example of marriage be what your example of marriage becomes. But even before T.I. posted this, I feel like he's been seeing a lot of social media shit that's been on this shit. Mm -hmm. And he's just starting to come around to feel that way when his relationship ain't going well. And I don't like it. Nope. But, you know, whatever. The next thing I have is not a story. It is... An allegory. (laughs) It's not an allegory. Oh, okay. So, I went to a training last week. A training? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And the training was LGBTQ issues and it was the put on by the board of pardons and parole because i do a class twice a month for parolees that have to the, go to the day reporting center downtown so the reason why i'm bringing this up because i want your opinion on something because me and the presenter of the training kind of had a little back and forth because i disagreed <laughs> with a lot of things she was saying. And I felt like I needed to to bring it up because I felt like other people in the room probably felt how I felt but didn't want to say anything because they didn't want to come off like an asshole. Because anytime you talk about LGBTQ issues, if you don't automatically agree, some people look at that as like you have an issue with those, those groups of people, which I don't. So this is the, the first thing she said that I was like, mm, raising my hand like, mm, So she said, when it comes to transgendered people, that they don't have to tell people that they date that they're transgender, that they don't have a responsibility to tell somebody that, which I disagree with. I think you do. And here's why. Okay. If you are a transgender person that has not gotten like bottom surgery so you're let's say you're a transgender female so you used to be male up top you look like a female but you still have a penis if you are dating somebody who believes you to be a biological woman or cisgender woman because that's what they call us we're cisgender um at the point that they find out that there is a penis down there that could potentially put that transgender person in danger because the reaction to finding a penis when you were expecting a vagina, I can imagine even in somebody that was not like transphobic, it's going to be an extreme reaction. (laughs) Um, 
or if you've had the whole thing you completely trans um changed over and you did get a vagina you did get the penis and 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 you are for all intents and purposes a fully functioning whatever you transition to and you still as a as i don't feel like people's rights as transgender women or men tramples my rights as a heterosexual person so if i have the desire to not date a trans person if that's not something that i want i'm interested in doing for whatever reason my particular reason for not wanting to among other things is that i would like the opportunity to have a kid if i date a transgender man even if you've had the bottom surgery and now have a penis you do not have sperm that is not something that science can give you and so we are not going to be able to have a baby by traditional means i should not have to give that up simply because you know what i'm saying like that's what, and there are plenty of people that have no problem dating somebody that's transgender and you need to find one of those people but to say that you, you don't have to tell the person that you're going out with that that you don't have a responsibility i don't agree with that and i think it puts that person in danger okay uh so i guess the question becomes should that person's right to be considered what gender they would like to be considered trample over the reality of the person that they would like to date? Um, because you can, well, and I feel like at the end of the day, you can still consider yourself to be a woman if I don't see it that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I have a difference of... Well, there are places in society where you you're going to have to at some point acknowledge you're a woman. If if you're sick and what you have is ovarian cancer, you aren't going to be able to tell the doctors forever that you've always been a man and you're a man and that's all you are. Yeah. You're going to, there are things that are directly related to being a man and directly related to being a woman that you have a likelier chance of having this. I, 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 um, Albright's. Have you ever heard of Albright's? No. Albright's is a disorder where your bone joints are spurred. It's okay. like it's That's like your pain. bones stick out. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't really walk that much. Mm-hmm. Women don't get Albright's, but they have the gene to pass it to their boys. Mm. You know, so that's important. Yeah. It's important to know like if you ever, you know, have anything wrong with you that's related to you being a man or a woman biologically yeah biologically even though you so i'm pointing that out to say that you can't 100 percent of the time always be that gender that you identify as so considering that i don't know why informing your mate would not be one of those things you know what i'm saying like let's think about something that if it was something about me sexually that uh that i could or or something that you don't know that i would have to divulge i'm trying to think of something where if if i if if my my co-worker dated a guy who was a paralympian because he was in a wheelchair (laughs) this is such a shitty example some people in wheelchairs still have functioning penises some people in wheelchairs do not oodle noodle <laughs> he was one of the do nots okay 
that was something that he had to let her know because that was something that was going to be an issue or potentially be an issue sometime in that relationship. To me, we know what is expected in our society as it pertains to sexual interaction. Yes. There are some men that will date you if you a yep. fine woman that just used to be a man. Yep. I mean, it's some people that would do that. I don't think that choice should be taken away by default and that's because what of how saying. you feel and that's what about that, your existence. That was my point to her. You know, you don't get to take away my right to choose whether or not that is something that uh, I, that matters to me or that if that's somebody that I want to date, you don't get to do that. Cause again, regardless of how, what you identify as, there are real life things that are going to be impacted by the fact that you are not biologically that gender that is going to impact me. Like I said, kids, that is something that you are not going to be able to do in the traditional sense. Now there are people that are willing to do the surrogates or getting, um, inseminate or whatever there are other ways and i'm not saying that there aren't but i shouldn't be forced to have to choose one of those other ways because you weren't honest with me so i was trying to think of, of like an example that used something the only thing i think of was like stds where if you had an std and didn't tell somebody but then you kind of making a false equivalency for std towards a person that just that that's not good that's why i use so, but i was thinking the penis but i was thinking being asexual though Okay. Like, what if I was asexual? Yes. What if I had no desire for sex? Yes. And the person who is transgender that is seeking to date me has a strong desire for sex. I feel like I need to let that person know so that they can make a decision about whether to move forward mm -hmm. with me or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just to me, there are just so many more components to transgender as far as having to let somebody at some point know that you're you're a man that I don't think that it, it should be ruled out in your head that you ever communicate that to somebody. Well, that was one of the issues that I had an issue with her on. Another issue that I had with what she said was that, because this was for the board of pardons and parole. Okay. I feel like she was not the person to get to do this training because her training was not specific to LGBTQ, LGBTQ community as it pertains to going through the legal, the justice system, because that's different. She was saying that she feels like people should get to choose the prison that they go to based on what they identify as. So again, I raised my hand and I said, okay, but do you not see how it would be an issue for a woman who still physically looks like a woman, even if she looks more like a masculine woman, but who identifies as a man going to a male prison? Because she can identify as what the fuck she want to. What the male prisoners are going to treat her like is like somebody with a vagina and she's going to be in danger. So I was like, so then what do you suggest for those situations where you have this person being in, well, that's what the guard, you know, they're supposed to protect them. Are you fucking kidding me? Is that a real, is that a real comment? Like I said, okay. So as it pertains to gay men, are you aware that gay men are, um, victimized a lot in prison when they when you're openly gay or, or visible when they know that you're gay they get attacked they get sexually assaulted at a, a higher lot, rate at a higher rate they do not provide special uh now sometimes they will put them in like solitaire and that's something that they will do with transgender people if they have to go to the 
if they have to go to the prison of what they were born as they will put them in like solitary to for protection she's like well that's punishing them you know that's it's jail it's a whole it's a punishment anyway like let's not forget that but two it's not realistic and i told her this i said you have a very utopian viewpoint of how things should be and there's nothing wrong with that but i don't think that you are dealing with what the reality of the situation is because yes is it right that they have to go and be separated from everybody else because of this no but is it a reality that that is one of the few ways that they're going to be able to keep this person alive and unharmed Yes, the same way that some gay men have to go to solitary simply for the fact that they are gay and to protect them. That's how that's what the reality is. You know, what you're suggesting is not realistic. If you think that we are ever going to come to a point in time where somebody who identifies as the opposite sex can go into the prison, because uh, I feel like even a, a man who identifies as a woman. <laughs> it goes to some of these women prisoners will fuck his ass up. <laughs> like, I feel like he would get raped. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not realistic. Like, so you say people should be able to choose and that it's the, it's the responsibility of the prison to safeguard them. It's stupid. But that, like, that is where, when I mentioned earlier about how far that left dialogue goes, and I'm starting to recognize how far it's going mm -hmm. is basically saying like she's basically saying it's everybody else's job to protect that person's reality it's not that person's job to adjust to their world view to what the actual reality is the reality is you can date somebody for two years and they never find out that you were uh, uh of the same uh born the same gender of them but when they find out then you wasted two years on a relationship you, it's in your best interest to yep. communicate that to somebody yep. because they should be loving you for who you are and what i told her is and i'm, I'm not telling you about this utopian your utopian viewpoint because I'm trying to be a butthole when <laughs> I did say that in the meeting. But I was like, as a African-American female living in rural, in Alabama, there are, there are rural cities that I will not go to at night. There are places where they tell you, don't be caught black in these places at night. Now, in a utopian society, I should be able to go wherever I want to and not be judged and not be in danger because of the color of my skin. The reality of it is, so I can't go trapezing into these places and be like, well, the police should protect me and these people shouldn't care. I'm going to get fucked up. Like, I have to live in the reality. Now, while I'm living in reality, that doesn't mean that I can't do the things that I can do to try to turn the world into to what I envision that it should be. But you don't forget about what the reality is while you're working on what you what you want it to be. You don't ever do that. That is where the danger comes in. And so... If I, as a black person, and black people been here for who the fuck knows how long, and we still have this reality of you have to just be mindful that people going to treat you a certain way in some places because you're black, LGBTQ people, that you're going to have to do the same thing. Do you feel like you should be able to, to go to any prison that you want to and it not be a problem? Okay, that's fine, but that's not the reality. If a woman or a man, and I said, she was like, well, how are they going to know? If a, a a person that looks like a man goes into the shower and anybody notices ain't no penis down there, it's going to be a fucking problem. Like, at that point, it's just not realistic. And if that person, let me tell you something. If my choices are 
go in the general population and potentially get killed or raped or go in the solitary bitch i'm choosing solitary put me by myself i will have to figure out a way to deal with that better than i will getting raped or, or assaulted and you can't stay in solitary forever no it will create more psychological dilemmas for you than not more than the physical but maybe more than the physical and the know. thing about it when they are in solitary for those reasons and it's not for behavioral it ain't even treated the same way because what normally when you're in solitary you get an hour out they do have different rules when it comes to somebody that's there for protective reasons so it ain't even the same uh, and some places some prisons not all prisons have wings you might be on the same places where like people with hiv and where they separate them they will separate some of these other people that need to be there for protective reasons so i mean they're working with it because you got to understand these prisons are fucking overcrowded we can't even get you know humane treatment for some of these prisoners and some of these prisons just as general as them being human being you talking about lgbtq rights and them choosing what prison they go to like it's not realistic ma'am she said something else that i, I was like what was the response from that dialogue she kind of just brushed your shit off basically she said that um it, it again that it was the job of the prison to protect those people and that they shouldn't have to suffer or be further punished for them being transgender and so one of the the parole officers was like i don't think that you understand the fact uh how many prisoners can be in one prison it i mean they will have one two guards guarding like hundreds of prisoners because they just don't have the, the the staffing for it so for you to think that they're gonna be able to monitor these one or two people and they, think the they give a damn and they don't give a damn they don't care no. you think these officers they trying to get back home to their families yep. you think they finna step in the middle of some shanks <laughs> some toothbrush shanks <laughs> hell no no like it gotta be serious for them to step in. I mean, ain't no, no version of prison that anybody ever seen that's that damn happy. No. There was a lawyer, well, a girl in law school, and I could tell you can always tell when people are in like social service type fields that haven't actually been out in the field, and so they still got this real like, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna save the world mentality. And then you get into the field and you be like, fuck, I'd be good if I help one or two people. Yeah. Like it ain't realistic. So she was like, when I said that about gay men that they get attacked and that they're not protected, you know. She was like, well, what they can do is, you know, the 14th Amendment guarantees this, this and that. And what they can do is they can they can have a um, they can um, bring up a case. And I said, OK, so can you tell me what the success rate is of, of prisoners that have brought about a case based on the fact that they were discriminated against or not say or are not protected because they, they were homosexual? And the presenter was like, zero is zero. I said what you're not understanding the thing about law and judges and our whole justice system is it supposed to be based on what the law is and unbiased absolutely but it's biased as fuck if a, a gay prisoner in the bible belt go into one of these judges <laughs> courtrooms with this shit that judge who is supposed to remain unbiased who feels like homosexuality is a sin and they're all going to burn in hell if you think that he is gonna go do and go in the favor of that person you are crazy ma'am 
and unrealistic. Like you really, you you know how many laws are on the book that's supposed to protect people and they get killed and, and fucked up every day and don't nobody give a fuck. Look at the police, like you're not realistic. There's but free people out here that's they they uh, constitutional rights getting trampled on. You think somebody finna give a damn about pre- in Alabama? <laughs> the damn sheriff just ran off with seven hundred thousand dollars worth of food. A fucking beach house and bought a beach house immediately, <laughs> nigga. If you gonna steal that food, plan to buy the beach house next year. Mm-mm. Don't get the check and then pay. the check that he paid to the beach house said the equivalent of food for prisoners. <laughs> It was like I don't remember the specific title, but it might have been like you know security or uh, uh, jail food security. Yeah. Like it said that shit on the check they wrote. That's how it got pinged. The people who he wrote the check to told the news, <laughs> and then they looked it up, and then they found this obscure law, and they realized that sheriff's been doing this shit for years, for years, taking advantage and and buying what the fuck they want to with this money that's supposed to feed the prisoners. So. Both her and, and the lawyer lady kept saying, you know, and I'm just like, girl, you, I can tell you ain't practiced law a day in your life. You still looking at these textbooks thinking that this is how shit is. I don't know how you can even do that and see the shit going on around you. Like, I don't, even if you hadn't been in a courtroom. I take it she was enough. white. She was. <laughs> she gets to live in the bubble that she chooses to live in. Yeah, she don't white. have to look at the law in terms of how it messes up. She can look at the law in terms of how it's intended to be used, not only because that's what she's reading and that's what the teachers are teaching her, but because she don't have to experience when it's messing up. She don't have to she don't have to get pulled over at the high rates that black people get pulled over and deal with the justice system in the way that they do. They don't have to get, you know, um, treated aggressively. They don't have to see police officers, uh, police cars in their neighborhood unless they visiting their friend. That's their uncle, you know, shit like that. It's just a different experience. Well, both of them got on my nerves, so I just wanted to bring that up because um, it was crazy. I just got something real quick, like this. We 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 running up on time, but this is the last thing I just wanted to talk about: <clears throat> uh, the Trump thing with immigration and losing all of them kids. I just want to talk about how that process works and how it's supposed to work. Okay, this is not a new law. This is what's going on during Obama's presidency, and I'm just saying this for clarity on anybody who's been listening to the news cycle and reading these articles this is where media gets to sensationalizing things that have been happening and i'm just gonna just talk about it real quick it's not necessarily that those kids have been lost the original rule that president obama put into place it was an existing law Mm -hmm. uh the policy that president obama followed was we're going to, when we find kids, we're going to determine whether one, they are, uh, the only hold on, the only time kids were ever by themselves were if they came over by themselves or if they felt like the welfare of the children was problematic, mm-hmm. right? Those are the kids, the uh, photos circulating where you're seeing kids in cages. Mm-hmm. That did happen under Obama's watch, but it was it was that group of kids. But the way that it's set up is that if you and your a parent and their child came over to, across the border, right? This just happened. Parent mm-hmm. and the child just came across the border. They would give them a court date and they would give the children a sponsor. That sponsor would usually be that parent mm-hmm. or be the uncle or somebody close to them. 
what happens is that parent don't show up for that court date mm -hmm. because they don't want to be found out by the government so they just dips it yeah they don't check in they just leave they just be like well they made me a sponsor with my kid they gave us a court date we supposed to come back but we ain't because they just gonna put us on paper and try to send us back mm -hmm. that's what's been going on during the president obama years that's it's it, there's going to be no way to do this efficiently, okay? It don't matter what president it is, it don't matter how great, you ain't gonna stop illegal immigration 100%. The difference, because a lot of crying is, why they was concerned about it when, now that Trump, that Trump is the president, but they weren't concerned about it when President Obama, Barack Obama was in office. Barack Obama's campaign wasn't deeply rooted in immigration issues. It was deeply rooted in a whole bunch of other mm -hmm. realistic goals to achieve. Trump having his immigration policy rooted in that is why people are focusing on it mm -hmm. if president obama's shit was talking about we gonna do something across the board we gonna we gonna pull out full parties for everybody and make them all citizens then that shit would have been known back then that just wasn't his platform not only that but trump is hardening the policy he's ended catch and release he is that court date that president obama gave them he's not giving them those court dates and judges are are telling them that they don't get no time they basically just they ain't even looking into the situation mm -hmm. they're not looking to discern whether they're escaping crime or they just want to come over here to find work because if you're just coming over here to find work that ain't no legitimate reason you can't seek amnesty for that mm -hmm. but if you're escaping like a war-torn area or something going on in your environment you can see amnesty they've cut that out mm -hmm. and not only that but as to where the uh obama uh, administration discerned which kids are being removed from their parents trump is removing every kid from their parent as a tactic to keep parents from wanting to come over here. Mm -hmm. It's basically, you know, everybody who done lost their kids and don't know where their kids set gonna call their family and say, look, if y'all was coming to America with y'all kids, yeah. then leave your kids there and come by yourself or don't because you're gonna lose your kid. And that's the tactic, you know? So that's the reason, those are the differences. Trump is hardening a policy. And the problem is he keeps saying it's Democrats. The problem is he could change this. It's not law. It's just policy. Mm -hmm. You don't got to go through Congress to change policy. He is hardening this. And it seems that he's doing this because this is the platform that is the strongest with his base. And if yep. he fix the problem, then he won't have anything to rail on in these rallies about. You know, so yes, it was a problem when it happened with Obama. It is a problem now that it's happening with Trump, but Trump can stop it. Mm -hmm. And Trump, the way that he got the policy set up and the way that he got uh, Jeff Sessions railing against it and the way that he got the other people in the administration that are anti-immigration, mm -hmm. the numbers are going to get higher. They're just going to get higher. And when they get higher, then we get to have a dialogue about Trump's role in them numbers getting higher. But I'm really getting tired of the left and right back and forth bitching about shit. Like, we need solutions, man. Quit blaming. Well, Democrats blaming Trump for every damn thing, which he fucking up some. And the right ain't willing to take responsibility for the shit Trump doing. And it's really, ain't nobody arguing for the ideals and what they believe in no more. Yeah. The, the Christian population should be out about this shit they should have been out about this shit when it was going on with obama but they should now that it's known and now that trump is the president he can do something about it and people need to be talking about it but they enabling trump man they, they just enabling him and uh 
it's just a problem for me. Um, but at the end of the day, we not that deep into the political spectrum. Like, I'm not going to know about that stuff from Obama. I went into immigration back then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The news informs me, and I go down my rabbit hole. The news is supposed to be breadcrumbs to take you to your own research. That's what it's supposed to be in my, from my perspective. So that's what I use it as. I find this stuff out and I go do it myself. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to put that piece out there, man. It's more to this situation than the articles say. Yeah. Um, and whatnot. But whatever. Uh, but that's all I got. That's all I have. All right. Well, until we kind of next conversation. We out. Holla.